Jay Billis mentioned that it could be a down year for ACC men's basketball, and he could be right as only five teams are currently slated to go to the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about the Wednesday night games as well as why we think that only five teams feel good and strong candidates for representing our conference when it comes to dancing in March. We'll also talk about Commissioner Phillips and some of his comments with NIL. Crazy times here, of course, in the ACC, but of course, it wouldn't be anything less than. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Coopers. Thank you so much for joining me and making me your first listen each and every day. And after you listen to Locked on ACC, I know you tune in to Locked on Syracuse podcast with Tyler Aki and his crew. It's a great time to have Tyler here every single Thursday talking about hoops so far this season. It's been been fun, Tyler. How you doing? I am snowed in. That's how Are I'm doing you? right now. <laughs> I think we have like eight inches, but it's been coming down pretty steady over the last couple of days. But there's so much great hoops action. Like it doesn't matter if I'm snowed oh, in. There's are, plenty of basketball to watch. Are you in a part of a country where when it snows, everything shuts down? No. Or people still moving? No, 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 no. People okay. are still moving. Trains are still running. Cars are trying to move still. <laughs> not always to great success, but... Uh, no, it is not one of those areas that shuts down because we do get, I feel like I'm in Syracuse right now with all okay. the snow that we have right now in Chicago, but no, um, this is, this is a normal thing. This is a January. If anything, it feels late right okay. now as we okay. are creeping through February. We love having people that are well equipped for the elements here in North Carolina. That is not the case. We shut down for the threat of snow. <laughs> it dusted, I think, a week ago and everything was closed, but it came up and we were all like, oh, there might be some black ice. We're like, yeah, no, can't can't do anything, can't drive, can't function. And I'm not mad at that. You know, more basketball to watch, more reasons to sit on the couch for me. And that's right on fine. But if you have not yet, you sure you tuned into some games on Wednesday night. You caught up, you watched your Hulu, whatever, you ran it back and you saw some great matchups between some of our men's teams that we're going to go over here on today's show. Also going to talk about Commissioner Phillips, who happened to be in attendance for the NC State game. And I'm sure he had a little thing or two to say about life, just in general. He always does. And we're going to talk about as well just the state of college affair, college basketball affairs for the men as only five teams are currently sitting in NCAA tournament, but NC State Syracuse. Okay. I really wanted NC State to pull out one because I'm like, this is a down year for some of the top teams. They stand a chance to be competitive in games, which they always are, but came up short 89-82 to the Syracuse Orange, who definitely needed a win. I mean, they always can use a conference W in the column. How did you feel about this game last night? So we saw a very well-balanced Syracuse starting five attacked. Everyone scored in the range of 16 to 19 points. You got no bench points in this game. Meanwhile, on the other side, NC state, I mean, they were lights out from three, pretty much the entire game. They start things out first half. This is the first half. These are like full game stats. You usually hear when you hear this number, but they went 10 for 20 from three in the first half for a, a middling. They're not a bad three point shooting team. They're not a good three point shooting team. Sure. And that's the thing is Syracuse has sort of been the slump buster for a lot of these bad shooting teams or teams that need to find their mojo mm -hmm. and get, get right on the offensive side of the basketball. But it was just a frenetic pace back and forth. You got a lot of offense in this game, which you kind of expected. These were two teams that 
are good offensive teams, bad defensive teams. Mm -hmm. And that's why you got the 171 points that you got in this game. So to me, it kind of played out the way I expected it to. You've got a veteran Syracuse team that plays an unorthodox defense going up against a young hobbled NC State team. And if it's their first time or or maybe their second time going up against that zone, yeah, you're probably going to have a little bit of difficulty no matter how bad the the actual zone in and of itself is. But to me, this was a, a pretty – a really good offensive game, not a lot of defense being played. And I think that's the aesthetic of basketball that we're <laughs> leaning more and more towards every single day it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. Coach Keats, you know, said very vividly, very frankly, dropped the F-bomb in his presser that, you know, he's really proud of his team and they play so hard for him. And it's almost as if, you know, someone who talks about how great the effort is, at what point you know that it's the writing on the wall in terms of having your coaching, you know, spot filled or taken away. I think, you know, right now in the state of college affairs and college basketball, sometimes, you know, as much as we talk about wins and losses being such a critical factor, I do think that we should talk about effort and the way teams are trying their best. And when you lose your best player, that should be a reason why you maybe keep someone a little bit longer than you would have otherwise, because Manny Bates was such a critical component of the NC State offense and not having him is why they have been out of game. Like that's just frank and clear. Now, while there are also some young guys who are trying to figure things out and there are some growing pains to me. When you don't have the number one person going into the season, you have to readjust and refocus and still being into some games and coming out victorious and others. I don't necessarily feel like Coach Keats should already be out of the door. But, you know, there are a lot of people here in Raleigh who disagree. What are your thoughts, especially from someone who's seen a veteran coach stay through some rough patches and being able to, you know, sustain some good wins and good loss, you know, some good wins and tough losses? Do you feel like, you know, you should keep someone around to see the tide turn and maybe see the talent improve? What I would say is this is Manny Bates is a great player and certainly one that you wouldn't need to to have a successful season. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, how many wins is he worth? Like Mm -hmm. NC state right now is three and nine in the conference. Is Manny Bates good enough to get them to 500 in the conference? Like if he's not, then okay. Then it kind of falls on Kevin Keats shoulders because this is year five now and you've only gotten one NCAA tournament appearance, and it isn't with your guys. It was your first season here where you're inheriting a lot of players. Now you brought in transfers. You bring in a couple freshmen of your own, too, and you can't overlook that. But I would, if I'm NC State, I mean, the trend's not moving in your direction. By year five, with or without your best player going into the season, you should at least be seeing your team start to trend up. Mm-hmm. And you haven't seen that. You look at the Ken Palm ratings. You're number one, 46. You're number two, 41. You're number three, 50. Year four is 71. And then this year, you're 114. <laughs> so the trend is certainly not your friend if you're Kevin Keats right now. And I can't Sorry. see him coming back <laughs> next season. I really can't. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the rhyme and not only, but I'm, I was trying to make the case, but now you've convinced me just from numbers. And I'm all about numbers. Yeah, I am very much a number-oriented person. The facts speak for themselves. Maybe I'm a little too much about the heart at times, but you know, I would agree. I think as, as try as he may, it just hasn't worked out. It's not for lack of having good recruits. You know, some guys have transferred, yeah. some guys have decided to commit and then not come. So there's been... And again, not that he's yeah. a bad coach either. Yeah. I think he's yeah. put together a good culture there, but maybe NC State just isn't the right fit. He's going to land mm. on his feet, find another coaching job probably even a power five job maybe not right right away maybe Mm -hmm. give it a year or two maybe do the tv thing for a little bit maybe go coach at a lower rank for for three years and then work your way back up into the power five he's going to find a way to get back to this post but maybe nc state just isn't the right spot for him 
Sure. Totally agree there. And I can certainly help. I can certainly appreciate not not having the right fit, but maybe he'll be landing on his feet for some some greener pastures. Now, I want to talk about a couple other games here that happened on Wednesday. Notre Dame took on Miami and beat them 68 to 64. Miami team that's certainly feeling hot. They are having a great season and they're sitting closer to the top of the conference as opposed to you know previous recent years. But how do you feel about Notre Dame, this team that's really trying to make its case for why they should be more on the bubble than they are currently? What have I been telling you? Don't sleep on Notre Dame. Been saying it all year. They're half game out from that top spot in the ACC. You would have liked to see a little bit of a more competitive game against Duke the other day. Mm -hmm. But I I think that this Notre Dame team has everything that you need, not necessarily to be some sort of uber successful team, but I really like the prospects of them. Like we talked about early in the season, how the ACC was Duke and then everything else was sort of up for grabs. Well, Notre Dame and and Miami too is also in this conversation are two of the teams that you thought maybe wouldn't go after that have really grabbed the bull by the horns. You thought it would maybe be a Louisville, a Virginia, a Florida state, a Syracuse, a Virginia, Virginia tech. One of those schools would be the ones that would really put a stranglehold and maybe even establish almost an order of two through four But meanwhile, it's been Notre Dame, Miami, Wake Forest. Those are the teams that have stepped up. And I think in particular with this Notre Dame team, they have had some really quality wins this season. When you look at Kentucky, who is all of a sudden looking like one of the best teams in the country and a true national title contender, UNC starting to play a little bit better too. And then you go out and get a good road win against one of the top teams in the conference. This team can't be overlooked anymore. And I look at it as it's a super veteran group with a good coach and a great young talent in Blake Wesley to supplement Mm -hmm. it. This group has pretty much played together for the last two, three years, aside from Blake Wesley, who's just sort of coming into the fold right now. And to me, that is a great recipe to have when you go into March. Absolutely. I really like Blake Wesley, and I also like Lazuski. I think if he can just find his shot and rhythm all throughout the tournament, and more importantly, when it comes to dancing in March, they will be certainly a team to compete with. Other scores I wanted to mention, not really go in-depth here. Clearly, they were games that we watched, but you know, some, somewhat forgettable. Wake Forest beat Pittsburgh 91-75. to Clemson beat Florida State 75-69. to Virginia Tech beat Georgia Tech 81 to 66. Pretty pretty much standard. I thought that the Clemson game was a little surprising as Florida State certainly has taken kind of a dive, <laughs> figuring themselves out here a bit. But more than that, I want to talk about the fact that there's only five teams currently sitting here going to the NCAA tournament. And that's just not what we are used to seeing from the ACC. But if you guys have not yet want to get in on the betting action, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as basketball continues to get ready for the big dance in March. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports, sports, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just about basketball. BetOnline has football, pro, and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, right along with your live, real-time updated updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers bet online is where the game starts all right guys and when we talk about a great season here it is super week um, brought to you by get upside and there's no better place to get the coverage of big game than the locked on nfl podcast locked on nfl locked on Bengals, and locked on rams will be in la all week 
covering the big games. And make sure you guys check that out there. Tyler Aki here, Locked On, the Syracuse podcast, joining me every Thursday to talk hoops. So far this half of the season, we have been having an up and down conversation about men's basketball. We know that it hasn't been the glory days. However, there are been, have been some good teams that have stepped up in big ways. As it stands, College basketball bracketology has five teams that will dance in March. Miami, Duke, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, and North Carolina, with Florida State being the first four out. And the fact that we can't even mention the Virginians of the world, the Louisvilles, the Syracuses, right, the NC States not being in any sort of dancing conversation is tough. But I would love to know your thoughts here about the five that are strong and solid and maybe some that could still find themselves if, or even get an automatic bid because they've run the gambit there in that ACC tournament here. What are your thoughts on those teams and what do you feel like can come of uh, the rest half of the season? Well, what I would say is this. Don't be surprised if this is one of those years that there's a bid stealer. You rarely see a bid stealer in the ACC. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look and, and think to, a, to the last time there was one really, but – this is not one of those conferences that is traditional for that because you've got all of these mega powers. You've got every year in this conference, you've got probably four teams that are in consideration for the elite eight every single year. And one of those four teams usually wins your conference tournament every mm -hmm. single year. So for it to get to this point now where we're talking about maybe a bid stealing league where, I mean, one of the best teams in, in the, in the, in the rather the, the conference in Florida state and, and Notre Dame. And those teams aren't even fully into the conference or the NCAA tournament picture. Like that's a problem. But that also maybe not a problem because I could see a Notre Dame winning the ACC tournament. Yep. I could see Florida state winning the ACC tournament. I could see even a team like Virginia tech, maybe figure some things out. So I look at this ACC and the current iteration of it, like, it's kind of you have to suss out who is going to actually be standing like can Miami and Wake Forest hold on or are they going to stumble down this stretch? Because especially in the case of a team like Miami, you play seven guys and you don't have the depth. And the same can be said about Notre Dame, too. They're a team that <laughs> yeah. plays seven guys. Eventually, the, the car runs out of gas for some mm -hmm. teams when you play this long schedule. And I don't have the all the covid reschedulings that they may have to encounter. But I know with certain teams, they're going to be playing five games in 10 days mm -hmm. like that is more than an NBA schedule that <laughs> sure. you are asking out of college students and <laughs> with all the travel and everything that's involved with it. So I don't know what this, what the tournament field is going to look like for the ACC. I think you can guarantee yourself that Duke's going to be there, but mm -hmm. everything else is sort of up for grabs right now. Shaky. You think it's Duke and shaky ground for everybody. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh my. I, you know, I would, I would say that for politics sake that you're not going to have North Carolina out of an NCAA tournament off the street. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I would say, listen, it's shaky ground, but there will still be at least four. I just don't know if the committee has the gall to leave <laughs> more than to, to have a, a four bid ACC. Like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to see the net really get put to the test this year. How yeah. much do they evaluate or how much do they value that little tool that they have? It's literally called the NCAA evaluation tool. Suppose <laughs> it was designed and they put money into it so that it could spit out a, a almost near close to tournament formula. For you, mm -hmm. of who should be in and who should not be in and start to take a little bit of the subjectivity out of it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I think all my, all my perceptions of the net going forward 
are going to stem from this year because it's not just the ACC. There's yeah. a bunch of other conferences that are sort of in limbo right now with how good or how bad they are yeah. because of uh, the, the optics of the performances that their teams have put together. Yeah, and I think that's just the state of college basketball, right? Like maybe yeah. we are, we, maybe we continue to recognize that this is just a completely jacked up system, and it's not like football to where like okay, one to two losses. What do, you, what do you say is better than or why is someone better than the situation you currently have? So I think that's been the biggest issue going into you know the season is seeing so many different players and so many different teams have the opportunity to be in conversation for you know part of uh, what do we call it Mark dancing in March NCAA tournament. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Now. Okay, cool. And I just feel I feel like it's one of those situations as well to where at what point do we stop playing the like the obvious game? Like how many teams, how important are those automatic bids? Because if you tell me some of these ACC teams could stand toe with a, I mean, can't even think of some of the teams that we've seen in some of the tournaments in the past that have the nice Cinderella stories, right? Which, you mm-hmm. know, cool. I'm glad we get the good moments, but at the same time, you got guys like Florida state, Virginia tech at home who could, you know, walk all over, you know, certain squads. Right. It's, it comes down to, well, you kind of brought it up earlier. The The sport as a whole right now is in a jumbled state. Yeah. And I think part of that has to do with the guard play that you're seeing across the country right now. Like, I look at the the koozie list, okay, which mm-hmm. is the, the point guard watch list. And for the top point guard in the country, they recently trimmed their list to 10 names mm-hmm. uh, of who they're looking for right now. Not a single one of those names is from the ACC. Yeah. And in a sport that is so driven, like look at last year's tournament, fantastic point guard play from both Mm -hmm. teams, whether it was Baylor, Gonzaga, even some of the other final four teams, Houston, UCLA, fantastic point guard play there. Yeah. And that's sort of what runs college basketball right now. And the ACC doesn't have that as evidenced by this list that came out where you've got schools from the the WCC, the Pac-12, the SEC, like non-traditional conferences that are thriving right now at basketball and the ACC is getting shut out of maybe the most underrated award in terms of importance for all of college basketball being the koozie list because of how dominant point guards are in today's game. Like you think about this a couple of years ago, like you're seeing Joe, uh, Trey Jones on there, Kobe white, like, we're not too far removed from when <laughs> point guard play in the ACC was good. And you'd see yeah. the ACC, you get four elite eight teams and, and seven sweet 16 teams and stuff like that. So that's the problem for me. The, the point guard play has diminished to the point where you're not competitive really mm-hmm. with some of these teams. I mean, you look at the, the big 10 ACC challenge this year, I think it ended up being a tie or maybe the big 10 one by one. I can't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. it was a dominance. It felt like yeah. by yeah. by the big 10. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was a dominance, all right? Because I think all the games were just ugly. Like, especially when yeah. you go to, like, the North Carolina. I don't even remember who they played. but Michigan, it was just, yeah. Yes. And they had a great game, but it was also we revealed that Michigan is sort of a fraud. And so, you yeah. know, it was one of those situations. It's like where, some of the important games yeah. you lost. Like, I, I look at Duke <laughs> and Ohio State. Yeah. You lost that one. That, that was one of the most important games. Like, not all of those games are created equal in determining your superiority over the other conference. And, and losing that Ohio State game kind of showed that. 
Yeah. And even looking at Duke this season and seeing them come up close to or almost losing to a Clemson of the world. We talk about our own conference here and, you know, getting beat by Miami and Florida State. I'm like, I don't even know if I want them representing the right. conference yeah. at this point. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's a great <laughs> point. Very, very dicey in terms of going into tournament play. Like, could we all be out at the first round? It's possible. Hell, Duke's been out by teams like Lehigh and Mercer. Like, it's possible to get that upset when you know you have a quality squad. I don't think it's going to happen to Coach K's last year, but you know, you never, you never know. Listen, it's not like Duke is bereft of good wins either. Like they, they yeah. have the Gonzaga win. It's <laughs> one of the best wins in the entire country this year. Yeah. So that cannot be overlooked either. Sure. sure. But at the same time, it's some of these like they should not be. This should. I said at the beginning of the year when when we were starting conference play. I really thought Duke was going to win this conference by three or four games. Yeah. They're not going to win this conference by three or four games. And I think that's a bad sign for them. <laughs> I love the spicy takes. I really want to get some more spicy takes as I get ready to talk about Commissioner Phillips, because I think that at the end of the day, it's always good when your commissioner starts to get a little spicy. But ACC fans, this is Candace Cooper here with an incredible opportunity to buy gas for you, or not buy gas for you, but to tell you about buying gas for yourself. There it is. Get upside. This app, my listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app on the App Store or Google Play right now by using promo code SCORE for every 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up, you get cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. The cash back is added right to your account. You can pay, you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, or Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE here to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. We're wrapping up the show here with Tyler Aki of Locked on Syracuse. And, of course, we talked about Commissioner Phillips. At the top of the show, we talked about Syracuse and NC State. Uh, Commissioner Phillips made some spicy comments about the NIL, and I would love Tyler Aki to go ahead and kind of give his thoughts off to, you know, what uh, Commissioner Phillips was talking about in the sense of the NIL and why it's important. Why, to me, it kind of gave me Jimbo vibes in terms of just everyone being upset and grouchy about what's going on in the new space. It gave me Lincoln Riley vibes about getting upset about transfer portal and everything being all out of sorts. And it's just like, all right, well, if you're in a position of power, Commissioner Phillips, you're not a coach. You're the one who can actually sit on these committees and make sort of sort of change. I would love to hear just from you. What was your initial reaction to all of, you know, what, what he said and kind of how we can move forward. My only reaction to this was, is that Jim Phillips or is that Dabo Sweeney? (laughs) Because could this guy be deeper into Jim Phillips' pocket? I mean, that was just an absolute pulling of the puppet strings with his appearance during that NC State Syracuse game. Got to the point where I think he was only on for like two minutes. Yeah, made a fool out of himself in those two minutes. They they went to a timeout and they were like, all right, you know what? Like, A, this game is good. Why the hell are we having Jim Phillips on right now to kind of disrupt the flow of this broadcast yeah. and B you're going to come out old man on the lawn right now yeah. And, yeah. and yell at the clouds. Like, come on. Like it was as out of touch as I've seen it. And that's kind of the way that it feels like the way that his regime has started off. Now I get, he has not joined the conference at an opportune time either for a number of reasons. A yeah. Clemson football is a little down. You come in and say football first and the premier program in your conference is down. 
tough to come in and, and preach all of that. Well, yeah. I do wholly agree that you should be putting football first or at sure. least higher priority. I'm cool with that message, but it's <laughs> the, what are you doing to make sure everyone else, because at the end of the day, if Clemson's the only branch on your, your football tree here, like, yeah, they can win championships for you. It's a, a very strong branch, but you need some more there. And yeah. ACC, the ACC and Phillips going after the college football playoff expansion, the ACC is never going to have two playoff teams. They never will. The SEC is probably going to be the only conference that we will see have two playoff teams. Maybe the yeah. Big Ten could squeeze, squeeze two in one year if in the current four-team format. Yeah. The ACC should be – bang into the heavens right now to get that eight or 12 or whatever they're going to finalize that number to be. They need expansion if they want to be more relevant. Now, will that also mean they get embarrassed a little bit more on a national stage? Probably. Like if you threw <laughs> Wake Forest out there, even against a team like Cincinnati, I think Wake probably gets the brains beaten in pretty good in the game. The like hell, that. you threw Pitt out there against Michigan State, and that was an ugly time right. for the Panthers. Now, albeit, no, no Kenny Pickett in that game. But sure. I, I think the point still stands. Yeah. Um, but you sh- if you want to have representation at the college football playoff, you need more seats. And, yeah. and you, you can't have it be Clemson or bust every single year. You can't. Yeah. 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 More than that, because, I mean, hell, Clemson didn't even have the best recruiting class coming in for the ACC right now. Carolina did. And so I think yeah. the tides are changing in terms of making it more competitive. And I don't necessarily think that Clemson is going to be the best team going into 2022. I feel like – NC State has a, would like to have a conversation, right? I think that you have other teams that are trying to, you know, step up in big ways and have some strong quarterback play and put together a more sound defense. So it's not a gimme for Clemson as it used to be. And maybe that's better for the conference, but is it if we know that if Clemson isn't good and they hang we hang their hats, our hats on them in terms of who's going to be in the national conversation? I don't know. I don't and you know. can't get mad about this yeah. NIL stuff because guess what? You put yourself in a corner when you were a basketball first conference. Yeah, that's what happened because you look at the SEC. They've been football first. They've been football really only for <laughs> for a, a long time now. It's yeah. been their priority. What yeah. does football do? Drives revenue. Look yeah, at the absolutely. top earning programs in all of college sports. All football programs, pretty much at the mm-hmm. top. You get football, and then you find the good balanced mix of of Big Ten teams like the Michigan States, the Michigans, all that stuff. So you need to have a football mentality if you want to compete in the NIL sphere because more money, more more, uh, revenue coming in, more ability to to get some of these NIL deals for your your athletes out there. And it should be, you should be empowering the athlete. And and that's, I think, one of the hesitancies of this old guard is they don't want to put the players in the position of power, which is not the way of thinking right now. Right. And I also am like to the point of Commissioner Phillips' comments, it's where are you upset because players are getting money and potentially have power? Or are you upset that people are outpacing you, outsmarting you and out and doing it better than you? Right. Like right. what are you what are you really upset at? Are you like are people mad because Jimbo's doing it better than them? Are they mad because there's actually not a formal, like fun or you know, realistic way of going about this and people are getting certain kids are getting money, other kids are like it's not fair and equitable, blah, blah, blah. Like, are you mad because you're not in the position of saying, Hey, don't be so upset right I think it's like kind of one of those situations for me to where if your team was the one winning and doing it better which Jimbo's is not even you probably wouldn't be saying much but it's for the fact that you're not in a position of being the best at it that you're probably grouchy if you think this thing is going to get policed <laughs> find a new job <laughs> like this is, is it's going to be the wild west 
All right. Absolutely. This is what you're signing up for. This is yeah. what all of athletics are at the professional level. And when you professionalize sports, which has been done with this collegiate stuff be- for years now because of the billion dollar entity, I don't know if you saw the report, but they made like $1.1 billion the NCAA last season. <laughs> I mean, quite the rebound there. All right. So, and, and that was pretty much without fans at your NCAA tournaments, very limited fans at a, a bubble like atmosphere for your NCAA tournaments. You weren't necessarily yeah. getting the big football venues or, or the NBA arenas for everything. You, you're playing in Hinkle Fieldhouse. You're playing at Assembly Hall for yeah. some of those games. So I, you're it, doing all right. <laughs> yeah, th- this is this is the new normal mm-hmm. that you're going to have to endure. You either adapt or die. The SEC is adapted. Go. All right. Yeah. They haven't just adapted. They, they've written the rules pretty much yeah. how this thing is going to go. Yeah. You either adapt to what they're doing and maybe try to find the next big thing to get ahead of the sphere, or you're going to get phased out. You're going to yeah. become the Pac-12. You're going to become one of these lower-level rung conferences. You're going to fizzle out like the Big East did. Yeah, You don't want that. Yeah. Tyler, you hit the nail on it. I love that. That was a great way to end that because I think at the end of the day, end of the day like you say, you get with it or you get lost. And every, it's going to keep moving. It's not going anywhere. This is the new normal. And more importantly, I feel like we want to be competitive. So we're going to sack up. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to get on board. You got no the choice. Same, you got no <laughs> choice. Same way some of these old co- coaches stick around is because they get with the new systems and they adjust to the time. So that, that'll be that. But Tyler, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Yeah, you can check us out, Locked on Syracuse, every single weekday, Monday through Friday. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse and on YouTube, so subscribe to the show there. And you can find me on Twitter at Tyler, A-K-I underscore. Guys, thanks for coming and listening to the show. Yet again, you're making us your first listen each and every day. You're also listening to Locked on Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They've got the Locked on Bet of the day. They're available wherever you listen to podcasts. For Candace Cooper and Tyler Aki, until next time.